The Carmen and Yurko podcast is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Check out the ESPN Chicago Games, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka at ESPNChicagoGames.com. Watch us compete against each other. Share memories and laughs, all for charity. Tito's Handmade Vodka celebrates 25 years. Cheers to you, Chicago. Live from State Street and the old National Bank Studio, this is Carmen and Yurko. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. We're listening to the ESPN Chicago app, ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. All right, what a beautiful day. The sun is shining. It's still a little nippy out there, but hey, it's October. We're deep in it, Yurko. Football season, and now the NBA is back. There were two games last night. The home teams won both relatively easily. The Bulls play tonight. They'll be playing game one without Zach Levine. How's that happen? I don't know. How in God's name does it happen? You prepare all offseason. You sign him to the big money contract that everybody said he deserved. And now it's go time. Wow. It's go time now. And what happened? Uh, they're saying load management. I mean, game one, they don't have a back-to-back. I, I don't know. Load management? What is this, an adult film? What's going on? I mean, come on. Load management. It's way too early for that. Uh, yeah. It's pretty surprising. I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know how else to put it other than surprising right now. I don't know ultimately what it means. I I, I guess it's this is the, probably not a good sign, but... It, this is a pathway. You know what this pathway is called? The Lonzo Ball pathway. Mm. When my knee don't feel so good, so I'm going to sit out the whole year. I'm not... This is not a rosy picture for the opening night of the Bulls. I'm it really sorry. is. I, when, I, when it was first reported yesterday that... Zach Levine was questionable for load management. I was like, when I saw it, somebody had sent it to me, and I was like, is is this a burner account? Is this a Casey Johnson, or not a burner account? But like, I mean, is this right, a, can't be is this the fake Ian Rappaport? I'm right. like, this can't be accurate. I'm like, are, is that really from KC? Well, and either way, Joe Howley, by the way, is going to join us at one. It, it, I guess what ends up happening in this situation, Carm, if you don't mind me saying so here, is it opens things up for Demar Derozan. It opens things up for Io. Uh, it opens things up. That's the only thing it can do. That's the only. It's not a positive, but the only thing it does is open up things for everybody else and makes things a little bit more crystal clear for what your game plan is tonight. Guys, I don't I don't want to uh just jump in and like please throw do. more uh please do fuel to the flame, but it's not load management. It's knee management. They've listed him as left knee management, not left load management. Uh, load yeah, management I, would be for rest. Yeah. This is knee management. Knee ma- that okay, to that's me fair. is far worse. Yeah, that's fair. So, okay, you're probably right about that. Normally when they're wanting to rest the guy Thank you. is when they call it load Clarity. management. They're actually yeah. right. specifically talking about his knee. Zach, I guess, told the media it, it's, they're, you know, listen, it's, sure. we knew this might have to happen and we're going to be careful with it. And But game one, you're not playing tomorrow. And even if they were, you'd think that, like, if I get it, if he played tonight and he sat tomorrow, let's say their game in Washington. I think they right. start uh, Miami, then Washington, right, guys? They yeah. go on the road to Washington. Yeah. yeah. Like, if that game were tomorrow and you said, Zach didn't play, I mean, I, I'd, I'd go, all right, it's game two, and I know people are going to make a big deal of it, but it's fine. You know, they're trying to watch, like, game one of the year. 
with your next game on Friday and Zach's not playing? Question I mean, marks already about the Chicago Bulls. I didn't think we'd get this today. It's surprising. I didn't think we'd get it, Carm. Uh, I don't know how else to term it or phrase it or what I really think other than to say it is surprising. Not in a good way, in a very bad way. I, I, maybe Zach still goes out and plays 78 games this year and is awesome. I, I don't know, but probably not when game one you're worried about his knee. Um, what would you put the over-under on games played now that you know he's only playing possibly an 81-game season? 64 and a half. That's where you'd put it, 64 and a half? 18 games. 18 games, boom, boom, percentage. Yeah, I guess that's right. You 80% think that's about right? Of the game. 75% is what I'd, I'd, I'd get, you know, if you, if you really got to manage a thing, then three quarters of the games, maybe even 60 and a half. Yeah, that's so. Low, yeah, if maybe. I had to, if I was going to make an argument against you, I'd say it'd be a little bit lower. You're setting it at 64, I'd go under. Okay. And say he'd play 75% of the games, three out of every four. Yeah. I mean, if you get into one of them runs where you're playing four times in six days, I mean, right, at some right. point, you you don't think that's going to be sore? Of course it is. Does this change your outlook on the Bulls for the year? I, I, I still have them where I have them. Um, unfortunately, that's got them at either number nine or number ten. Still Wherever in the playing tournament. Still in the playing tournament, but not good. Not yeah. good, just because the rest of the East got a little bit better. Yes, it did. Got a little bit better. And now... It's all predicated upon performance of the individuals involved. Vooch comes back and, and, and gets to a more normal three-point shooting pattern um, like years in the past. Maybe if the health of Caruso is there, if the emergence of Williams is the year that the th- th- this, this caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Yep. Okay, if that happens this year, there's a chrysalis and a metamorphosis. And the next thing you know, he, he, he comes into a form of what everybody expected him to be, okay, then maybe there's a possibility if Ball comes back and they start playing a little bit better, but there's no guarantees on Ball coming back. I'd put the over-under on his, on his games played at 20. Mm. Why would I put anything else? Yeah, maybe, yeah. No, 20 games. Regular season games, I'd, 20. I'd, and I'll tell you what the scenario I'd will be. I'd probably be positive and go over, but not by much. I'd get there, you'd see him in the month of March and April, Leading up to the yeah, playoffs, right. trying to get him, sh- uh, try to get himself in shape to play with no setbacks. Like how many games are with post no All Star break this year? Thirty ish, yeah. usually, give yeah. or take twenty five to thirty. Like that, I think is realistic. Sometime around the All Star break, you see Lonzo. Yeah, because I, I've got the Bulls this year at a realistic number forty two. Yeah, I kind of do too. Forty two yeah, and like forty, about, about, realistic about 42, number for the Bulls. Yeah. I'm not, you know, pie in the sky, right said Fred. Oh, this team's right going to win, win the championship. I, I, I don't have that. I've got them going out and competing. And, and, and 42, depend, you know, with everything that's happened, I got them at 42. Yeah, hard to imagine they can replicate what they did last year with, like, DeMar bailing them out. Remember, like, the back-to-back game-winning buzzer beaters and just DeMar bailing them out so many late-game situations. It's sort of hard to envision that again. And what they win last year, guys? 76, was that right? I think they were a 76-win team last year, if I'm remembering correctly. 46, right? 46 games last year? I think that's right. 46 yeah, and right, 36. Adam? 46 yeah. and 36 is where so, they finished. You, know, you said 76, and I was like... Oh, no, I'm sorry, 46. 46. 46 and 36. Uh, 76. Yeah. yeah, you know, so yeah, about 42, 43 is probably what we're looking at with some natural regression. And then you do wonder about, 
you know, Zach needing to rest his knee when Lonzo would be back. I don't know what to think about Vooch. I mean, they talked more in the preseason, in the buildup during training camp about getting him, you know, more touches with his back to the basket. I'm not quite sure that's a good thing. I mean, if you look at the advanced metrics it, over the years, it doesn't exactly say that it is. But, okay, they're going to try that. This idea that Vooch is some, like, dead-eye three-point shooter, I told you this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I think the outlier was the year the Bulls traded for him. I think Vooch had a good year shooting the ball from distance, and it is the complete and total outlier in his career. And it was just one of those, hey, he, yeah, he shot 40% that year. Other than that, the guy's about a 34% three-point shooter. I mean, that's it. I don't – maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe this year he will go out and shoot 38, 39, 40, 41%. That'd be great. But, like, this idea that he's some dead-eye three-point shooter, I don't know. I think we got wrapped up. In the trade at the time, he's an all-star player. It was a new regime taking a big swing, and it's easy to get excited about that. It's easy to look at a guy who's an all-star and say, yeah, okay, bring it on. Let's go. Look at the new regime, changing it up. The old roster wasn't good enough anyway, so why not? And Vooch is a fine player, don't get me wrong. But like, And I, I think we kind of were lulled into this false sense that, oh, look what they got now. They got this big seven-footer that can shoot threes. Can he? Are we sure? Like I said, he's he's a thirty he's a he's below thirty five percent for his career from distance. I mean, I think there's one outlier like sixty game sample right. that we got all excited about that he's I, he might not be a great three point shooter. Do you want to hear a cold, cruel reality? Sure. When Ball went out there, twenty seven and twelve. I know twenty seven and twelve. They lost that game that he ended up getting hurt in, I believe. Uh, that was the mistaken. Golden State game. They yeah. got drilled in that game. It was the game he and Zach both got hurt yeah. in. Zach left like five minutes in, and Lonzo left some point in the third quarter and never played again. 27 and 12. From that point on, they were 19 and 24. Yeah. So five games below from that point on. So, again, like, okay, that's why I think they're about a 42 or 43 win team this year. Well, I mean, the scary p- p- part of that is if you start extrapolating the numbers, is the, the 19 and 24 is sub-500, mm-hmm. is sub-playoffs, is you're mm-hmm. not going to make it. That's not even playing. You're not you're not in the playing game no, either. Last year's playing, you know, 43 last year. Yeah, and the East is even better this year, so a little bit deeper. That's not more good. More competitive. There's really only, like, I think there's really only two teams you can look at in the East right now, and I think they'll be in full-on tank mode, and that's probably the Pacers and the Hornets. Like I, I even think the Magic will go out and try to win games. Do you guys, Chris, don't you agree? Like the Magic are probably going to. They might not be very good yet, but I think the Magic are going to go out and try to win games. I, I'm pretty sure Detroit. Again, probably a year away, but I think Detroit's going to go out and try to win games this year. They're, yeah. they're not tanking. I don't, yeah, I'm with you. I right? think there's, I think Sacramento in the West. I think they want to win. Yeah, I think they're absolutely. sick of losing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think the bottom of the league, even though there's teams that are not going to be any good, I think there's a lot of teams that have young cores that are going to compete. Like a team that clearly is trying to tank is Utah. Utah, I can like see. Utah ripped apart their team. Right. So like that's a team that's going to be at the bottom that just absolutely won't be competitive. Right. But like for the most part, you look around the Eastern Conference, there's very few teams that you can say are just teams that roll over from night to night. Yeah. And then same same with the West. I mean, the league is very healthy and competitive, and I think also the top. You're going to see a lot of teams that are are fighting for the top seed, but like the the team that is the best team in the league may only have 53, 54 right. wins, which yeah. 
usually the best team in the NBA is somewhere around like 57, 58, 60, trying to get to 60. Right, right. Get to like, 60 yeah. So like, I, I think overall that the top half of the league is very good. And not with this lame playing situation. Yeah. You have teams that shouldn't be involved who think they can be involved, so they're actually giving it a try, which right. I guess is the point of the plan. Maybe they're getting what uh, the desired effect out of that. All right, what do you think about the Bulls' season? Are you a little concerned that in Game 1 already, Zach Levine's not playing tonight? They, they did not rule him out for Friday in D.C., but are you at all concerned? I mean, is that a troubling sign? It was, I, I, like I said, I was very surprised to see the initial report yesterday. I almost couldn't believe it at first. I was like, really? And now here we are, uh, opening night. Zach won't play as, they're, like Chris said, they're not even calling it load management. They're specifically calling it knee, left knee management. 312-332-3776. If you'd like to talk Bulls or NBA season preview stuff with us, we'll give you our full breakdown and our full preview a little bit later. A lot on the line for me. I got to hit it a pretty high percentage to avoid eating at the Olive Garden with these guys come the spring. Oof. 312-332-ESPN. We'll talk Bulls, NBA, Bears, NFL, baseball. Our Phillies are up one nothing in the NLCS. We feel good about that. So a big show today, a lot to cover. And Joe Cowley from the Sun-Times at 1. We'll be right back. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Bring Carmen and Yurko with you at home or in your office. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. All right, we feel good. We feel a little concerned. We feel good because our Phillies are up one nothing. Yes, there are Phillies. When you have a investment on a team that was a long shot going into the playoffs, that team becomes our team, Yurko. The Phillies are ours right now. I don't like Philly much. Sorry. I don't like the town. I don't like the sports fans. Yeah. <laughs> the cheesesteaks stink. Uh, you get better cheesesteaks here, quite frankly, at uh, Philly's Best or at Mojo's East Coast Eats and Downers. Um, so I don't like Philly, but I sure am. Ch- I like Kyle Schwarber. I like Bryce Harper, and I sure am cheering for the Phillies. So nice start last night. You did, you pitched well. I mean, two mistakes, two mistakes. Right? But Zach Wheeler was awesome. Schwarber hit a home run. It was funny they did a uh, if he would have hit that in Yankee Stadium, they said it would have been out of Yankee Stadium, like out of Yankee Stadium. A nearly five hundred foot blast uh, in Petco. Four eighty eight last night. Yeah, it was incredible. And and the the launch angle on Harper's was like one twenty. I mean, just two. Mammoth bombs last night, especially Schwarber's, 120 launch miles angle? an hour. You said launch angle. The launch angle was like 127 degrees, I think, or something. It was ridiculous. Uh, not 127 degrees. It would have been, uh, yeah, would that be right? No, because most of the launch angle home runs are between like what? Like, I can't remember now. I'm blanking. I'm, I saw it on Twitter about how absurd the angle was on the how Harper, high it was. How high it was on the home run. It couldn't be 127. Well, it'd have to be under 90. Yeah, it'd have to be, of course. Because 90's a pop-up. 90's a pop-up, yeah. yeah. It was like... So was it 45? It was something like that. 47 it was I think degrees. most are between like 27 and 35. Right, yeah. And this one was higher. And this one was higher, yeah. yeah it was like closer you. to, you know, 45 or something. It was ridiculous. Um, I was thinking of the launch angle on Schwarber, uh, right. the, uh, the uh, exit, exit velocity. Yeah. It was 120 miles That's an hour. That's a well hit ball. That. Yeah. That's a hard hit ball. Yeah. Even Tom Watt will be impressed by that. Oh, yeah. Even I mean, Tommy would be impressed. He yeah. doesn't like exit velocity. So if here's our right angle, I think most launch angles are fall somewhere between like 25 and 35. And, sh- and the right. Harper's was like near 45. So here. 
Yeah, exactly. That's launch angle. Right, exactly. Uh, everybody on Twitch, launch there you angle go. right there. And so keep going up towards 90 a little bit, Yurk. Well, yeah, that's like, 90. That's right. pop-up. Right. <clears throat> and so... That's pop-up. So you're coming down yeah, here. like to, there. There's 45. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and like that's where it was absurd what Harper's was at. It was just one of like those outlier yeah. home runs. Yeah, yeah, Mark McGuire's laser beam was like 24 degrees, you know? Maybe. I mean, it was that. a laser beam. Yeah, yeah. just come off the bat, boom, that was the angle. And if then that. gravity started taking over and top spin a little bit. So we feel good about that uh, game two of that series is coming up later today and then we have this news about zach levine where he's, he's you know he's saying that there was no specific setback but they're just general soreness. his knee general soreness haven't played a game yet or haven't played a regular season game and he's not going to play tonight tough time to already have patel tendonitis Sheesh. it's a little early don't you think to have a little tendonitis setting in man yeah a lot of people seem to be concerned i thought uh you know you just gave him a new contract right yes they did how many years uh, it was the max. It was the the two hundred and forty five Schmilda, wasn't it? What was the? Uh, yeah, it was, it was Zach's max. It's probably more willing to play through it when you were trying to get the max contract, and a little less willing to play through it when you have the max contract. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Trying to get it, you're more motivated now that you have it. Well, let's take care of this. Let's sit on back and take care of this thing. A lot of time we get the oh come on, you guys are overreacting. I I don't. I don't know how we're reacting just yet, other than it's surprising and somewhat concerning. But uh, the general sense right now on Twitter and uh, in the Twitch chat is that, uh, yeah, this ain't good. That's this is not a problem. reaction. Andrew's in Elgin. What's up, Andrew? Hey, guys. I just wanted to say I love the show. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you got it. I just it. wanted to say that but to start out the season, you know, like, I just feel like the Bulls situation is kind of a, a tricky mess right now because, like, you had the off season. You knew all the information about Lonzo, or you didn't. You hid it from the public, and then we roll into the season now. And now you're hearing this about Zach after paying the guy the money just because he could score the basketball. He he doesn't impact the game whatsoever other than scoring the basketball. So the Bulls really had a choice to make. The, the AK guy wants to win, and he's way better than Paxton and Foreman could ever be. And I thank God that they're still not running this team. But it's like he had to make a decision. It's like, hey, you pay Zach the money. You keep the Rosen, even though he had a monster year last year, and you put butts in the seats, and the team's going to be, you know, a winning team. You know, and you were hoping Lonzo was going to be there, but your backup plan failed, and you go in with Dragic, and then, uh, you know, and then uh, the season's starting right now, and then, like, yeah, we're going to be a mediocre team. Sounds like it, because basically because Lonzo's not there. So it's like, what was better, to, like, lose and, like, go through that or just to be mediocre and, like, go through the season and hope for the best and hopefully it works out? Because you need a superstar in this league, and we just don't have one yet, and I know how hard it is to have. So go Bulls. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Well, Andrew. you got to play it because the season dictates it, okay? You're in the month of October, and then whatever you did during the offseason, whether it's enough or not, the first game is upon you, and you got to go play. So the Bulls are what they are, period. Two of their best players won't be playing in the first game. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's what you have. Yeah, we know what the NBA is like. I mean, the Bulls have been stuck in this pattern for a while. I mean, last year was fun. I mean, it was more fun than, you know, being miserable, drafting seventh every year. They couldn't even get those years right where they were sort of, I guess, trying to tank. Whatever it was that they were doing, they were still picking seventh, you know. I mean, last year was fun and entertaining, and DeMar was a great story. They were in first place for a little while. I know. They were in first place for a little while. They were the toast of the town. DeMar DeRozan talked about being the MVP. Would you rather have that? Yes. Were they in the playoff push? Yes. Of course you'd rather have that. You forgot what it was like to be miserable. 
Okay. The problem is now you're here, like expectations go up. They didn't really do anything. And we look at their team, even if they were healthy, and you'd be like, well, what are they totally healthy? Maybe a five seed. They're when they're not healthy, like they're kind of a playing team probably. They'd be competing. Let's go to Octavius in Merrillville. What's up, Octavius? Hey, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I just wanted to chime in. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned with Zach Levine. I think, you know, with this guy being as young as he is, having knee issues already, you know, going through what we went through with uh, Derrick Rose and, you know, just seeing a lot of guys having these issues, you know, not really be able to, uh, you know, fulfill, the, you know, the best of their careers. And uh, you guys kind of touched on it. It really just kind of make me think, like, where this team is going. And, you know, in totality, just thinking that all these young guys that's coming out, how if, you know, when AK and them took over, if they didn't uh, take us, you know, uh, you know, make the boost trade and try to push for us to be competitive, just thinking about us having a chance at a Shaq Holmgren we could have had last year, having them draft picks, being able to be – a, uh, you know, in contentions for a Wimbiana, you know, to take this team, you know, into the next 10, 15 years of, of really being a championship team again. So now we're missing out on these young top talents now. And even when we're at our best, we're still not good enough. So it just kind of, you know, it kind of make me, you know, a little depressed a little bit, I guess I could say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely concerned. Thanks for taking my call, guys. You got it, Octavius. Thank you, buddy. I think a lot of people are sharing that same concern and the same fears about the Bulls. Like, eh, they just sort of, they run it in place again. I don't know. We'll see. There's a long season to play. And if somehow by a miracle you can get guys healthy and keep them healthy, they'll be uh, a somewhat competitive team, I think, in the East. But it's it's not good when, you know, Lonzo has to undergo another procedure and there's his future is, uh, you know, it's nebulous at best in a sense. You know, like we don't know when he's going to be back, how his knee's going to hold up. When Lonzo had the procedure done back in late, what was it, late Jan, early Feb, it was a six to eight week recovery, right? It was, it was yes. six weeks, and here we are, October nineteenth. Lonzo's probably not going to be back this calendar year, so that's it's a little concerning. Months, yeah, yeah. Now same with Zach too, you know, it's uh, you know, you wonder, like, all right, it's a tough way for the season to be starting. Justin's in Texas. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on, Carm Yerk? First off, I want to start off by apologizing to Abdallah when I called in and he was, you know, screwed in my call. I kind of used some language I wasn't supposed to, so I do apologize for that. But, I mean, it's, it was out of pure frustration. Like, I mean, is this what we're doing now? Zach, as far as I'm concerned, Zach knew that his knee was, wasn't right, but he still signed the contract. Well, listen, they gave him the physical. Yeah. If there were any concerns, uh, you know, with his knee, uh, the Bulls' doctors should have stepped up and said, hey, yeah. that's what they're there for. This knee is a chronic issue. It's not going to go away. Uh, he may only be able to pay 75% of the uh, the games. Are you guys still okay with what you've got going on? That conversation may have been had. You know, but he, right. he, he's not there to protect the Bulls from themselves. No, I agree. That's what their medical people are there for. He's that's not, why yeah. the criticism came in with the Chicago Bears when – they rejected the individual from the Cincinnati Bengals, the Larry defensive Ogunjobi. lineman. Yes. Mm-hmm. They said no. Yep. They came under criticism. Well, listen, some people might be able to look past that injury. Mm-hmm. Others' responsibilities are not to look past the injury. So whatever was going on with Zach Levine, it was up to the doctors and the medical people to step in and stop the Bulls from doing whatever they were going to do. 
It's just pure frustration. Yeah, oh, pure I frustration. Because like we 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 don't have Lonzo. Now we don't have Zach. And the thing is, we honestly don't know when neither one of them are going to be back. Well, I would imagine Zach plays on uh, Friday. I mean, who or maybe the home opener? Uh, who knows, Justin? I don't know. I mean, it. They're not saying anything beyond he's not going to play tonight just because they're going to be careful with his knee and they're going to try to manage it as best they can. Maybe something is bothering him enough where he, along with their medical people, said, hey, let's not press anything. It's opening night. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to put any positive spin possible. It's not an easy thing to do when the guy you just maxed out over the summer on game one can't play. It's, I, it's frustrating. I, I mean, it, it, it's, if you're a fan, it's frustrating. I don't know if it's frustrating for Zach Levine. I mean, at any point, did, like, is he frustrated by this? Or I is just this, hey, this is a part of the process. I'm going to have to go through this. This is where I am in my career. Now that at, I've signed my big contract, um, I can take days now. At any point in the summer, guys, did we, or th- you know, through the fall here, did we get no? There's like, no sense that Zach no. might have missed game one? No, there's no inclination of that happening. Did I miss something? And I understand I'm being unfair to Zach Levine when I... Gave you that scenario. I understand I'm being unfair to him. No. Did I miss anything, guys? Nobody like, did. No. Did, was, before no. yesterday, was there a hint that Zach Levine might did, not play the opener? did, too, because I, I haven't heard anything. It just he seems played. like, whoa. He um, seemed I, fine. I've got a new prediction for the Chicago Bulls based upon the Zach Levine news. Well, he didn't play in the final preseason game, the last two preseason games, right? Yeah. And he played minimal minutes in the first one? Yeah, but you kind of expect when it's the preseason, that's just because... You get a sweat right, on. You know, yeah, you, your starters get a sweat on. He, well, is one, he is your star player coming off of an injury. And, and so, he told reporters that they have a... Like, this is going to be a thing. They have a plan for the beginning of the season. Weird that you'd not play game one, That though. he's going to sit. I mean, you assume you're going to lose to the Heat, probably, so... I, I, well, you're a six-point underdog with him. You're about an eight now. You're not about, I was going to say you're about an eight-point underdog without him, so maybe you're right. They were assuming they are going to lose on opening night to Miami anyway. And you say, hey, we'll save him for Washington, and then we'd like to have him in the home opener after that. The home opener is Saturday, York, against Cleveland. Good Cavs team. And then Boston comes in. So they got a couple of good home te- They got a couple of big teams, good teams Boston coming in next pretty week. Good. Boston's yeah, I think pretty Boston's going to be very yeah. good. Even I think we saw even last so night. So he did talk to reporters, Levine did. Yeah. And this is Joe Cowley, who's going to join us in about half an hour, tweeted this. Zach Levine was asked when he felt the knee flare up and replied, I never said I felt a flare up. Hmm. All right. So he this played was in the, the first three preseason games and then sat the last one. Sat the last one, yeah. About 17, 20 minutes yeah. a game. Yeah, but that you sort of, uh, you, you, I don't know, that, that wasn't alarming. That was, yeah, that's about what you expect. And I don't know. The whole thing's confusing. We'll see what Joe has to say and what else he knows about it. That Zach's saying, no, who said there's a flare up? There's no flare up. I just don't know why you'd be sitting game one when you're not playing a back-to-back scenario. I'm, I don't know. Are you waving the white flag on a game already? Like Adam said, well, we're not going to beat Miami. Rest your knee. Get a couple extra days. We'll see you in Washington where we can win a game on Friday. I, the whole thing is weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's sad. Yeah, it's just bizarre. We yeah. can take more of your calls. 312-332-3776. And uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are getting ready for the 85 Bears, Yurko. We'll explain that coming up. Listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Follow at Carmen DeBalco and at Yurko 64 on Twitter. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. 
We'll play you a little priceless Bill Belichick. I shouldn't say a little. I mean, it's like, uh, give me a long, you know, rock and roll ballad that you can think of. It's like Jungle Land. You know, yeah. Jungle Land goes on for like nine minutes. It goes right? on for a long time. Well, Inagata De Vita, that's even longer, I guess. But like, <laughs> wait do you hear Belichick talking about the Bears. It's priceless. We'll play I can't a, wait. It's so good. We'll play a little of that coming up. But people want to talk Bulls. It's kind of a, I don't know. To me, it seems like kind of a stunning development that Zach isn't going to play tonight. I, I guess Shams Rania tweeted that he may not play Friday. We're going to talk to Joe Colley from the Sun-Times. I mean, may not play doesn't mean will not. So maybe he does just feel great, and they, this was part of their plan all along. They just didn't want to tell everybody, you know, like, hey, opening night, our new player is not going to be there. Or not our new player, our, our newly maxed player. Our newly maxed Zach is not going to be there. Yeah, he won't be there. For opening night in Miami. Maybe this was the plan all along, and he'll be good to go come Friday in D.C. We'll see. We wait and see. Let's go to Danny in Evergreen Park on the southwest side with Carmen and Yurko. Hey, Danny. Danny. How's it going, boys? Good, man. Good. So I, I don't know how, like, the trade system works in the NBA as far as, like, newly signed players, and I promise this isn't a knee-jerk reaction, no pun intended, but why couldn't you trade Zach Levine for a motivated and desperate Lakers-Westbrook um, and, like, a first-round pick or something who's on an expiring contract and you free up all that money to go and do something next year? Because this team as presently constructed isn't going to do anything this year anyway why couldn't you freak something like that to get out from under that money uh well first of all you're right you can't trade zach right not just yet you can't trade zach until after the halfway some point, point I think it's january yeah i think it's in january danny thanks we can discuss it i think chris is right i think some point in january the idea being here obviously uh, you're not suggesting you want russell westbrook but you take the expiring money that's the idea, but you're not. Right. The, the, do the Lakers have any draft picks to trade? I don't think they do. do the Lakers have They've gotten rid of everything, everything for an extended period of time. I don't. I think the Lakers are one of the teams looking for a first round draft pick back that, in return for Westbrook oh, because so they'll unload. Okay. Oh God, can you imagine? Well, but that's why he hasn't been moved yet. Yeah, you got to. I, I think they're asking for something oh, that's crazy. Ins- that's like insanity. That. Yeah, you're not. You first of all, the Bulls don't have first round picks right. to trade, and you would never trade it at this point for Russell Westbrook. I can't yeah. imagine. The Lakers are not going to give Westbrook and a first round pick up. Okay, I don't. I don't think so. Then uh, you could scrap. The Bulls don't have a first round pick to trade anyway. The Bulls. Look, I, I guess if they're really bad, the uh, doesn't the Magic pick? Uh, they would hold on. To one of the first rounders, they owe the magic if in, they're in the top three. I think. Okay, I don't think they're going to be that bad. I, that'd be devastating. Maybe if you trade, uh, you know what I'm saying. So like the the Bulls probably. What I'm telling you is the Bulls probably don't have a first round pick for the next couple of years. Okay, next year, uh, the pick that they are owed from Portland is lottery protected. I have a feeling Portland's going to be in the lottery. Erko, I don't know. We, we'll go over our full list. Do you have They've the got Portland a young team. Portland State? got a young team, right? Do you have them making uh, the playoffs? I do not. Let me see. I've got them as the 10th You do? Team. Wow. Portland. I got a little shakeup in the West. Uh, I do. I, I think Portland's going to be a lottery team. So they're going to hold on to the pick that they owe the Bulls. And then the Bulls. You, you've got to remember also, 34 wins got you into the playoffs last year in the West. That's true. 34 wins. I think San Antonio had 34. And then the Bulls owe a pick to the magic that is top three protected, 
And then the Bulls have no first-round draft pick, period, in 2024. Good boy. So they don't really have anything to, to trade. be trading. Yeah. Yeah. And if anything, you wouldn't be trading Zach. I think you're going to be excited with my picks. I am doing a, a deep dive and a statistical analysis on all these teams. Are you really? Yeah. Okay. I look forward to you, that. You, you are like... Yurko, blow, blow it out your keister. No, I, come on. I, 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 I don't believe you. Matt's in the loop. What's up, Matt? Do we need any more evidence of the terrible ownership of Jerry Ryan's door? Just, just, just think about this for a second. You had the team where every kid in the world was wearing your jersey at one time and the greatest athlete of all time, and you did not protect that legacy. Every free agent should want to play for the Bulls. Instead, it's the exact opposite. And they, they have cultivated this culture and disdain for the team. Top free agents don't even want to come to the Bulls. You started with that the cornrow thing. We're not going to let our players wear cornrows. And they felt like the Bulls were so out of touch with, with the culture of the NBA. How do you go from having the most popular team in the world globally? Kids are wearing Bulls. Pippen and well, Jordan. I, don't know. I mean, but how, what does that have to do with Zach Levine's knee? I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, yeah, well, you can rally is, Reinsdorf. No, I mean, I don't the care, point but. is not being able to get free agents here. Well, Elite they got, they got Lonzo. Get they got DeMar. I mean, Zach stayed. They got Lamar. Did they got Dwayne Wade come? Sorry, did they, Dwayne Wade come? No. Did LeBron come? Yeah. LeBron didn't come. Yeah. No, right. they didn't come. So we're going back to 2010. No, I mean, all we're doing is teasing. Everybody teases the Bulls. They use the Bulls. Well, they certainly do it with my White Sox. I would know. Thanks, Matt. I don't know what any of that has to do with Zach's knee, but um, right. okay, you you can lambast Jerry. I don't really care, but and I do it plenty. Uh, but I, that that seemed like an odd call at the time. I don't know if Zach's it's knee. necessary lambasting Jerry as much as it is what they did to an iconic brand over the course of time with some decisions that were made not only by Jerry Reinsdorf but made by the front office people. So I mean, it wasn't just Jerry making decisions. There are multiple decisions made over the course of time. Guys go run other teams all the time, though, York. Yeah. I mean, you got to admit, Larry Bird went and ran the Pacers. Uh, you know, I mean, Isaiah didn't run the Pistons. Larry Bird didn't run the Celtics. Uh, you're being a little silly sometimes when people go down this road. Like, I also would say uh, they, it's not I mean, that they were an iconic brand. They are, they are. an iconic I, brand. Totally. They're one of the three of or four most iconic brands in the NBA. There, there was a uh, tweet that went out earlier today the Lakers. Um, from a sneaker guy. Uh, Nick DePaula, the Spurs. Lids released their top-selling NBA gear list uh, for the off-season 2022. The Bulls are the number one-selling team in 28 states in the country. Yeah, I saw the that. Country. 28. There was a tweet that was sent out too. By so the way, I, they, they're yes. plenty iconic. 28 I mean, states. I mean, yes, Jericho. It was a tweet that was sent out. Yeah, uh, 28. <laughs> you know, you know what part of the country too? The part of the country nobody gives a rat's ass about. Uh, flyover country. Not, not always. The I mean, the Bulls, the Bulls are number one in Texas and Florida. There's one place oh. out east too. I think it could be Rhode yes. Island and yeah, or Delaware. Connecticut. Uh, right. New Jersey. Find the smallest states you can find oh, on the Rhode East Island. Coast, and that's where they're number one. Because well, yeah. they're a global brand. Of course they you go are. Overseas. You know I where they to, know? I they, go to Egypt, and it's Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Do you know where that's they know? Is, man. You know where they know? Hmm. China. Are they know them everywhere. Come on. The, Bulls the Chinese are a global love brand. the Chicago Bulls because of the color red also. I think the, the uh, Chinese. I, I was thinking about what Matt did say, though, about uh, how free agents use the White Sox a little bit. That I was thinking about that last night, like watching Machado and Zach Wheeler. Remember when the White Sox offered Zach Wheeler more money, too? And he said, nah. How would Zach Wheeler look in a White Sox uniform? How would Manny look? 
How would Kyle good. Schwarber look? They'd that? all look good in White Sox uniforms. Remember a couple years ago, and I don't think this was like a Manny situation where they no, we offered more money, but they really didn't. I think they legitimately offered more money to Zach Wheeler, Yerk. They wanted him. Like they offered him a great contract, and he's like, nah, we'll go to the Phillies. My wife likes it in Philly better. Who could like Philly better? But I just don't think they want to play for the White Sox. Well, They're like, I mean, eh, nah. I know you hate Philly. Your, your, your small time of experience in Philadelphia was not a positive one. Oof. The cheesesteaks are overrated. Oof. I get it. But they're a passionate fan base there. But he said his wife likes Philly. Like, how could, who could choose yeah, Philly maybe, over maybe Chicago? she found a restaurant she likes in yeah, a maybe. place with an outdoor vista overlooking but, the river. But it was on full display last right. night. Like, why didn't the White Sox ever sign Schwarber? Why did Manny not come here? Why did Zach Wheeler not come here? Why did they never talk to Bryce Harper? It was like all on display as I was watching that game last night. I'm like, ah, oh, my White Sox. It's painful. It's Carmen and Herrick. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. We're going to talk to Joe Colley from the Sun-Times in 10 minutes. Danny, one more on Twitter, uh, sent me this heads up, too, from one of Joe's tweets. Colley tweeted 20 minutes ago, If I was born yesterday and actually thought this was a managing schedule... I would have played Levine tonight against Miami, sat him against the Wizards, which is the first of a back-to-back with Cleveland, and played him in the home opener against the Cavs. It's a funny tweet. And he's right. We can't quite, I don't think any of us can wrap our heads around this one. I'm, I'm sorry that this was, I don't know. It is, this one's vexing and flummoxing. It's both, Yurko. I'm flummoxed. I know you are. I am flummoxed. So flummoxed I didn't have my mic on. That's I'm, how I'm flummoxed I am. I'm flummoxed. I'm shocked. I mean, I've um, got my NBA basketball chubby going today. Yes, we're going to do our preview I mean, in the 1 o'clock hour. Our, our discussion of the executive of the year that we had here during the break. We're not going to actually pick that. It was but, moving, though. Yes, it yes, was yes. moving. Yurko's a big fan of Landry Field. Who isn't, yeah. guys? Who doesn't like what Landry Field He's did? not running the show, though. He's just like the GM. Yeah, you know? executive of the year. But don't they give it usually to the guy above uh, him? I don't know. Landry Fields has done some things, <laughs> I'm like, man. Landry Fields, I'm like, well, how did you pull that one, Yurko? <laughs> You really are doing a deep dive, get ready for the NBA season. Or I'm doing the most simplistic dive one could um, ever do. We don't even have time to play the whole thing. And you might say, guys, you have five and a half minutes left in this segment. Do it. How could Bill Belichick go on for seven minutes on the 2022 Chicago Bears? Only Bill Belichick can do it. This is how he started his press conference today. A thousand words. You'd think he was looking at old tape of the 85 Bears. Like he's thinking about the Patriots. Let's hear it. And the, and the Bears in 85, January 26, 1986. Here's Belichick on the Bears. You know, a, a pretty impressive group. And, and Wait, let's just stop it right there. It's a pretty impressive what? group. What? You know, a, a pretty impressive group and, and uh, really a young team that you can see getting better um, all the time. Uh, you know, Coach uh, has done a really good job here with, you know, installing his system and I think adapting and, uh, to the personnel that, that they have there and obviously getting a lot of young players involved. It's one of the youngest teams in the league. Um, you know, offensively, I mean, Fields is a, you know, is a major major threat every time he touches the ball, a very athletic kid. Um, uh, you know, Mooney is, is a really an outstanding receiver. He's been had a ton of production. And, really? Um, you know, I can see why he's very – very good at everything. He plays m- multiple positions. Um, 
in the slot a lot. But True. They, I'll, give you, I'll give you that and, one. And he's had a ton of production. And then a ton. Um, really? You know, of course, the backs uh, Herbert Montgomery are are very good. Who we um, mentioned first there. You know, this running Herbert. game is is right there with Cleveland. I mean, they they literally have about the same exact amount of yardage. I think Herbert's leading the league in yards per carry. Uh, they're hard, very hard to tackle, and um, you know they do a real, real good job with their their running game uh, and the play action game as There's well. There's six minutes um, left. A six. lot of explosive plays lead the league in yards per pass attempt. Uh, they've hit some big plays. Some of those are catch and run plays, and then when you add on field scrambles, uh, which are they might count as running plays in the stats, but they're actually passing plays. In terms of having to defend them, um, there there are really a lot of explosive plays there that that are problems. Five so, and a half minutes left. Um, Five minutes. Young offensive line, talented offensive line, two young tackles, um, but really the, the backs, you know, Mooney, Fields, um, you know, guys that can really score on on any play. Um, really, a good group of t- tight ends. That, can they? You know, they use in there, so they give us some multiple formations and personnel groups. He does know Mooney has zero um, touchdowns on the year, right? Special teams is is uh, another young group, uh, you know, core group of players. Same young group. Uh, Houston Carson is is really one of the better coverage players that we'll see all year. This is remarkable, um, dude. He's talking you know, about Jones, uh, the rookie, is has been you know great for him and, really? and Blackwell's is I've very heard fast. Dead so song shorter than this. Wait, Davis Jones has been great for the Bears. Um, you know and then and some of their you know their linebackers which those guys run well too. Um, it's really a you know a good group. Um, one of the better groups that we played. 4 Santos, minutes 39 really seconds left. Uh, kicker, veteran guy, you know just hits the ball straight through. Um, very consistent and uh, the skills got a big leg. Punter's got a big leg, and um, you know he he walks it down there pretty good. So they can change field position, and especially with their fast coverage players, the three guys I mentioned there, um, they've done an excellent job of of um, you know creating good field position for their left. for their defense. And we'll have to pause it know, here. Maybe we'll come back to it. There's four minutes left. If you ever want to know like why it gets annoying sometimes, and like coach speak, yeah, Valus Jones has been great for them. Bayless yeah. Jones has two catches. One was on a jet sweep for a touchdown. Two. He's muffed two punts that have directly cost the Bears a game. Bayless Jones hasn't been great for anybody. Anybody. Or anything. No. In a Bears uniform. Matter of fact, even the University of Tennessee doesn't want to talk about him. And Bill Belichick just told you that Bayless Jones has been great for them. Well, yeah. lay the eight. He's played on... How many? He's had 15 offensive snaps, I think, in three games. Yeah. 15. And, and dropped two punts. And dropped two punts. And turned them over to the other team. He's killed you twice. He's literally killed the Bears he's twice. single-handedly. In three games. Along with the guy they caught, has almost destroyed this team. So what would be great, like, if a coach ever got up and was, like, looking at the person, he's like, boy, they drafted this rookie in the third round, and he stinks. Yeah. He, he's played 15 total offensive snaps, and he muffed two punts that directly cost them a game. You guys know what this is, though. This is uh, ball. No, 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 no. This is ball control from a very smart head coach. Sure. Here's the key. The press conference in total was 21 minutes long. Belichick started his press conference with his assessment of the Bears, which ran the clock to seven 
plus minutes. Smart. He is running the football with a lead because he knows the more he rambles on in the monotone voice that he's giving you just vague descriptions of players who are on the roster that by the time he's done, he's almost halfway over with right. the press so conference. You're saying but everybody this way, wants out. This way he avoids having to answer questions yes. about Mac Jones yes. or, Bailey or Justin Zappi. Fields. Yeah. He, he addressed Justin Fields. He addressed the defense. Why? He addressed Eberflus in his scheme. He doesn't he want to address everything. You know what he doesn't want to address? Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. Yeah, yeah. right. That's so he's he running out the clock Smart, on the Chris, reporters right. in the I room. Think you're right. It's ball control. That's, right. that's the nine-minute drive at the end Seven, of the game yes. to yes. suck the life yes. out of the other team. Not Seven only that, minutes on the Bears. But who's Belichick's one of his best friends? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. And when they're playing Georgia Southern or Middle Tennessee State, that's what he does. He goes through every player and how the, what they do well and all this just because he knows, oh, you're going to get the disrespect comments and that kind of stuff. And their players are probably saying, oh, we're an eight-point favorite, which they are, and they're going to overlook the team. The worse the opponent, the longer Belichick goes. Bayless Jones has been great for them. Joe Colley will join us when we come back in two minutes.